Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is another Tim May podcast. And my co-pilot this week is Bill Bender. And Bill. Man, let's just jump right into it. Uh, if if those games over the weekend didn't move you, you were you definitely are not a college football fan. Is that correct? Oh, I mean, the emotion. Week seven was amazing start to finish. I mean, we got the games that mattered, those ones that from Michigan to Penn State to Tennessee, Alabama, TCU, Oklahoma State, all the way down to if you stayed up late and watched USC and Utah. Yeah. All, and we were texting during that game. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, it, it was wild. And you saw the emotion on the field. Um, definitely some top 10 shakeups in the making. And um, But none bigger to me. I mean, we can get into each of the games. The, the, the biggest one was definitely Tennessee, Alabama, and everything that you saw all the pictures <laughs> of those fans on the, on the field. It was, a, it was an amazing game. Yes, they're lucky Rocky Top didn't fall into the Tennessee River there, man, with all those people. Uh, it was crazy. But, uh, you know, I just want to get, jump into it immediately. You know, as we're as we're recording this, because we had to kind of do this for, for, from a time crunch standpoint, the polls haven't come out. I expect Ohio State probably in these polls to stay number two. I don't necessarily want you to get you to project in that. But here's what I do want to hear. After this weekend and half the season to go, uh, if you were a college football playoff committee, give me your top six coming out of this weekend, or just give me your top five, whatever you feel like. That would I mean, be four yeah. in a spare. You see what I'm saying? Go ahead. We're going. We're getting close to the first set uh, here in a couple of weeks in November. Yep. And if I were, if it were this week, I mean, I would probably go Georgia one. And I know Ohio State fans aren't going to like that, but I do think their best win is Oregon. And beating Oregon, who's a top 10 team, Ohio State's best win is Notre Dame. It's not their fault that Notre Dame has gone the way that Notre Dame has. And I just think there's something like they would rank the defending national champion first. We can quibble about it, but Ohio State would be two. I would put Tennessee three. I think you move them up after the victory against Alabama. And then I would go Michigan four and Clemson five. And, And I think that's what most people would say maybe you flip high state and Georgia, maybe you flip Tennessee and Michigan, but I mean, that that's kind of the board as I see at this, at this part in the season. Um, you know, and the, the crazy part about it is Tim is Tennessee and Georgia have to play and Michigan and so, Ohio state have to play. So exactly. we are going to see it on the field, but what I'm curious about is I've already gotten this question. I don't know if you do. Does that mean, let's say Ohio state, Michigan, 11 and O's does a loser backdoor in. Uh, Tennessee, Georgia, both 11 and O's. Does the loser backdoor in if Georgia goes on and wins the SEC championship? Uh, It's interesting. I mean, you would need help for that, but I think it sets up two very huge division games between those rivals. Yeah. I mean, what we're talking about is if that scenario plays out, uh, one or the other is not going to be a conference champion, not even going to play for the conference championship. You know, if things stay according Mm -hmm. to chalk right now, and uh, that would be a, a, a tr- fantastic conundrum for the committee. Cause what if Alabama does now run the table, you know, uh, the favorite 
uh, of the committee, Alabama, what if it does run the table and ends up winning the SEC championship? I mean, there are all these scenarios that can play out. Uh, but uh, it is crazy, man. I always tell people, you know, just when you think you know what's going to happen in college football, hold your breath because things just sneak up on you. USC looked like they had that put that game put away, for example, against Utah. Or it looked like it had control of the game. Let's put it that way. Utah just kept throwing punches, man. <laughs> and then Cam Rising, oh, my goodness. Uh, what what a finish to that game. And, and then they pull the upset. This is a team that uh, went into Florida and got beat, you know, basically at the last second by Florida. Uh, you know, or, you know, didn't make the two-point convert, whatever it was that happened there. It was a close game and stuff. So there are, all the, there are all these ways now you can sort of start comparing teams, except for that one team out there that's really tough to get a comparison on with a lot of the others is Ohio State, right? I mean, because Ohio State's toughest part of its schedule is coming. Uh, obviously, Penn State gets gets whacked by Michigan. That score was a lot – was even though it was lopsided in the final analysis, it was even closer than it should have been. I don't, I don't know if you agree with that, but right. uh, Ohio State's the one team you're kind of scratching your head about that we've got in this top four, isn't it? Uh, they have the best offense in the country. And if they don't, then Tennessee does. And what a playoff game that would be, by the way. That would be fun to watch those two go up and down against each other. Um, because although I'll say this, and you mentioned Alabama, um, we can get into them in a minute, but I think Ohio State, they have an identity offensively. They they can run at you. They can pass. They they have had key guys out. I mean, I think they have the best collection of skill possession talent in the country around C.J. Stroud, who's the Heisman front runner. I think the defense is better, although Michigan probably gave them something to think about tomorrow because that's what I that's what the game comes down to me. And we can get into that later. Is um, Jim Knowles' defense versus that rushing attack? Yeah, because I mean, Michigan that was impressive yesterday being able to run for 418 yards against the top 10 a top i put it in air quotes because i don't know that penn state's a top 10 team but um yeah i mean i i think ohio state i if notre dame were better i think we'd think we knew more about them i am curious about saturday they're playing a, I, I they're gonna win the game but I, i'm curious what the offense looks like against a iowa is another one of those tough keep keep it in front of you type big 10 defenses yeah i I'm, I'm curious too. I think that's an acid test for this offense only from the standpoint of <clears throat> they're bound to, they've been bound to determine since, since, since the season was over a year ago to show that they have improved in the, in the actual physical running game, meaning getting after people up front, creating, creating rips and seams, et cetera. And Iowa, you know, Iowa's bread and butter is basically making you play in a phone booth and then winning that phone booth battle. Although, they don't have enough coins to put in the uh, in the telephone now. People don't remember phones used to be in a phone booth, and uh, their offense is lacking of coinage. Agreed. It's, I mean, seriously, sure. it's like they're not even trying sometimes, Bill. Well, and Ohio State has been the most complete team on both sides in terms of not being tested yet on the scoreboard. Doesn't mean they're not being tested on the field. I mean, Wisconsin does things that can test you. Yeah. Um, you know, Georgia has been pushed by Missouri, but they kind of got their act together. And I think, wait a minute, wait a minute. Georgia got pushed by Kent State. I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's and my Kent wife. State, yeah, Kent State gets beat by Toledo, which which Ohio State beat whatever it was. Yeah. I think they just scored another touchdown against Toledo. But right. go ahead now. You digress. No, you're good. But I think I think if you ask most people, I think they're 
if we were doing tiers, I think those are the two best teams. Yeah. And you can go one or two. And then I think Tennessee and Michigan, I've always said they're like cousins. They're that's Michigan's SEC cousin is Tennessee. It's the same, same program. And they're, you know, they they definitely have questions, but I think they both proved that they this this weekend they proved that they're okay. You yeah. know, I think Tennessee deserves to be where they're at. You can't question. It. I think Michigan deserves to be in the number four spot. Um, Alabama's the one that I would say this, Tim. I would not take it for granted that they're just going to get to Atlanta. They have a lot of issues: the penalties, the special teams errors, the receivers aren't Jamison Williams and Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. They they if they didn't have Bryce Young. I think they'd have two losses. I mean, oh heck yeah! I mean, he's he is awesome, right? He's a game changer. But I mean, I I didn't understand their clock management at the end of that game. I didn't understand their defense. Like they're supposed to be able to pressure the passer. I I think if Ohio State was playing Tennessee, I don't see Jim Knowles sitting back. He would be bringing guys, right? He's not he's not sitting in a three man front and just hoping to get pressure. I think they wouldn't have. Let they think they let Hendon Hooker get too comfortable in the pocket. Uh, Bill, my favorite, my favorite line, especially this year, uh, to beat Alabama, you got to throw the ball, and that's been, in my opinion, that's been an Achilles of that defense for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, even even in that game where they beat Ohio State in the national championship game from the 2020 almost forgotten season of 2020. I mean, Ohio State lost its number one running back in that game, uh, basically was playing a lot without a couple of big-time uh, defensive guys. But my point was there were still things open in the secondary. I mean, I think Nick Saban gets a lot of credit for being a big defensive mind when, in fact, boy, they've been in some shootouts, man. And, uh, and you know, they were lucky, in my opinion, lucky to escape Texas because Bryce Young ducked under a, ducked yeah. under a blitz and uh and goes about 20 and puts them in field goal range i mean and in the texas a&m game you know texas a&m's out there everybody's making a point that uh, bryce young wasn't in the game well neither was texas a&m's basically what top two quarterbacks or at least top one quarterback and texas a&m took them to the very wire and my point is i don't think this is one of those special alabama teams because they're not necessarily marauding up front defensively and they're not necessarily just i'm talking about against decent teams they're not necessarily blowing people out offensively up front in the running game etc so what, what's your take on that I mean they could get beat by Ole Miss is my point yeah exactly. when they go to Ole Miss they could get beat because Ole Miss can run the football and Lane will challenge them and Lane will pull out all the stops in Oxford they haven't been a good road team and I think yeah. maybe I so I think the last couple of weeks I, I had Alabama ranked ahead of Ohio State I, I, in our super 16 for uh the college football writers association yes. yeah but and uh, one of our friends in the ohio state beat kind of chided me and he was right so like i admit when i'm wrong like i kind of had the ohio state as a placeholder at three and, and i was just like assuming that we would see this like alabama performance that is like here's all the talent here's what they can be you know yeah. and, and it hasn't happened so um like i said i wouldn't take it for granted that they get to atlanta i wouldn't take it for granted that they're going to beat georgia i mean the more likely two SEC playoff team scenario at this point would probably be Georgia and Tennessee. Crazy to say, like Tennessee sitting there at eleven and one, and they backdoor in. Um, yeah, yeah. Or what if Tennessee beats Georgia? Oh, I mean, what do we? You it know, could that could happen too. Like, oh yeah, 
Yeah. So, I mean, so, it's you we could have a we could have a uh, an SEC championship game that is Tennessee versus Ole Miss. I mean, that is definitely a possibility. Oh, yeah. I mean, Ab- that, absolutely. That'd be crazy, wouldn't it? It would be great for college football too, because it's not the same old stuff. I mean, yeah. I think there's, there's, a, I, I have a list that I'm looking at because I was, I'm going to write this for sporting news this week. There's this uh, games that will define the second half of the season and Tennessee, Georgia and Alabama and Ole Miss are there, Michigan, Ohio state. So what's a bigger game right now to you? Like, is it Tennessee, Georgia, or Michigan, Ohio state? I think they're the same game. They are the same. It, game. Yeah. I think in terms of, except, Michigan, Ohio State could happen in the last week, and we could have 2006 all over again, sort of. It's, it still doesn't feel like, even if they were both 11 and 0, I still don't think it would feel like 2006 because it's a 14 playoff and not a BCS type deal. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. could be wrong. You could tell me I'm wrong, but no. The well, what would be cool is to watch the college football playoff committee actually have to earn its cash. You know, because mm-hmm. I mean, really, the next two of the top four. The next two could be very difficult to identify and not hurt people's feelings and or justify. You know what I mean? And uh, right. if if the scenario plays like, like we're talking about, hey, just real quickly, what do you what do you think of the Big Ten right now? The Big Ten West is Purdue. Purdue's almost in control there, right? I mean, when you really when you really break it down right now, I mean, uh, with Minnesota getting beat again, uh, uh, what, what, what's your t- and Illinois? Uh, uh, Give them a ball. Yes. Yeah. I, I think that we, when we were in Indy in July, were we sitting around saying, Hey, you know, when Purdue plays Illinois, that'll yeah. be for the big 10. Yeah. We, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> no. um, I, I would be lying if I, if I did, but no, I've been impressed with Bielema and, and this run that they've gone on because again, they've run the football. They, they've run the football with Chase Brown. They they've done that. I mean, for them to go through pretty much the three typical powers, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota in order, and do it their way is interesting. Purdue's different there. I, you know, even when Ohio state plays Purdue and Michigan plays Purdue, they, they make you antsy because of their scheme. And yeah. Jeff Brom's a great play caller. He is. Um, yeah. I go back to last year. They don't, they don't have the horses to run with Ohio state for four quarters, but they do have the horses to make, you know, a couple plays. And, and I think that game will be a lot of fun because of the contrast and styles. Um, Purdue's one bad hiccup drive away from beating Penn State and one bad hiccup, oh, just awful defense against Syracuse at the end yeah. of the game from being – I know that's a lot of what-ifs. I, I get that. Well, but, well, no, let's face it. They needed the Heimlich maneuver after that game because right. they had it in hand. And then you <laughs> so, look, Syracuse is pretty damn good, you know. <laughs> Go ahead. Right. So so there are a couple – they're literally two drives away from being undefeated. Yes. And – and Aiden O'Connell, I think he's going to get a shot at the next level. He's not bad. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the Purdue-Illinois winner, it's a good bet they'll be in Indianapolis. Um, Illinois only plays Michigan. I don't think Purdue plays – Purdue doesn't have that tough crossover game. They've already played it. They don't play yeah. Michigan or Ohio – they don't play Ohio State this year. They don't play Michigan. So, right. good bet one of those two, two will be in Indy, which is not what I had drawn up at the uh, – beginning of the season at all no i thought purdue i mean my my, my big deal was I, my favorite in the west was minnesota that's how stupid i am uh and but they've been they're not stupid don't ever call yourself well stupid no but team. they've been an interesting team to watch sort of dissolve and then uh and then my other was purdue i thought purdue had that because I, I you know i like aiden o'connell and i like uh jeff brown for all the reasons you pointed out a minute ago hey uh real quick before we leave the national scene I, and i and i ask you about the heisman 
tell you the team out there that everybody ought to keep their eye on, in my opinion, they're not getting enough shrift. If in fact, that's even a word uh, that you can use that way is TCU. I mean, TCU's the real deal. They came back on Oklahoma State uh, in that game. That was a, you talk about thriller games. They were just one after the other after the other uh, this past Saturday. But uh, TCU is an interesting team because they're, uh, you know, they're kind of forgotten about. They've got a lot of ground to make up. But, you know, this week's polls, like like I said, Truth in Advertising, we're video, we're uh, recording this before the uh, polls come out. But TCU should be making a jump. I mean, that was a battle of unbeatens that kind of got, you know, forgotten. Don't you agree? I mean, you've got to give it up to TCU. I mean, the way they're playing, I mean, uh, uh, Sonny Dykes, almost called him Spike Dykes, his dad. Sonny Dykes has got that team playing big time, right? Yeah, I mean, and if they were in the primetime window, I think so many more people would have watched that game, which yeah. is unfortunate because it was a double overtime thriller. Max Duggan's making great decisions with the football. He's done that all season for them. Um, they've quietly beat three ranked teams. You know, they beat Oklahoma. They beat Kansas when Kansas was on top of the world and had game day there. Yeah, they beat an Oklahoma State team that I thought was the most complete team to this point in the Big 12. And um, you're exactly right. Um, I, I read Pat Forty's piece with Sports Illustrated a few weeks ago about Sonny Dykes, and it just reinforced what I've always said is fit matters in college football. And yes. who fits more at TCU than Sonny Dykes? You mentioned his dad, uh, all the Texas ties. Um, yes. Oklahoma doesn't have a Texas guy. Texas doesn't have a Texas guy. Um, that said, one of the most intriguing games in November is set up to be TCU at Texas. Because yes. I'll tell you this about Texas. Not only do they have Gary Patterson, the former TCU coach, Quinn Ewers can play. I'm not going to do the whole what if he stayed at Ohio State thing because I don't care about that. No. On his own, that dude can play a little bit. And, um, you know, wait he, a minute. He, the word you're looking for there is he can sling it. Now go ahead. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he throws it around like, and I'm like, and I got my Packers shirt on, by the way. I didn't know. I just to be clear that when I'm wearing yeah. a yellow shirt, this is a Green Bay shirt. Um, the, I don't want to get in trouble. Um, yeah. But well, uh, hey, like the Chicago Bears were dressed up like the Cleveland Browns the other night. But go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> they were wearing orange. Um, so I would like Quinn Ewers in a Packers uniform someday. Is my what I was trying to say is uh, I got he's got he's got big. But that's one of the games of the second half of the season that definitely captures my attention. Um, it, it's going to be fun, and uh, if TCU wins. The other one I was going to say, when you when you started to talk, I thought he's going to say UCLA. UCLA is the other one, though. Yeah. With Chip Kelly, True. that fast, furious offense. They look like is they finally look like the, the Chip Kelly offense. I agree. And, and they play physical. Oregon this week. That's yeah. huge. Oh, yeah. And they're a physical bunch, man. I mean, uh, you know, USC, UCLA, uh, two teams headed for the Big Ten might, might have quite the show to put on at the end of the at the end of the, the regular season all right hey let me ask you this Hinton Hooker you can't Hinton Hooker delivered in the clutch I mean we can talk about other quarterbacks you know CJ Stroud is the runaway uh prohibitive favorite to win the Heisman right now what was going into that weekend how does the way and Hinton Hooker was like number three or number four on that list how does the way he played sort of shake up the Heisman race right now? Does it make it, in essence, a true race again? You understand what I'm saying? I know, you know, it's middle of October, uh, but, you know, uh, opinions right, start you. to be formulated. Uh, Hooker delivered in the clutch uh, the, uh, against Alabama. How does that just shake up this Heisman race? 
I mean, those two are one and two right now. Stroud, Hooker. I mean, Bryce Young's still in the conversation because in I was the conversation, impressed. but yeah, not right. not in the front. Those yeah. two are in the front. Um, you know, and then after that, I mean, Caleb Williams probably took a little bit of hit because they. It's not. I mean, it's nothing he did wrong. He played great. I mean, but when you lose games, and the rule has been in the college football playoff era, I, I tell people this all the time: the only person who won the Heisman since the playoff started who wasn't on a playoff team was Lamar Jackson. Yeah. So unless you're that kind of unicorn that Lamar is, and he's still doing it at the NFL level, you pretty much got to be on a play, the best player on the playoff team. So that's yeah. why right now, CJ Stroud, very good chance. Hennon Hooker, very good chance. I think Blake Corum deserves to be in the conversation with what he's done at Michigan and in that running game. And unless you can give the Heisman to an offensive lineman because yeah. their offensive line's pretty darn good. Um, yeah. But it, it's early for that. So that would, if I had a top three, it would probably be Stroud, Hooker, Corum, and then Bryce Young. I mean, I would probably take the cop out and say he's still really, really good. So, I mean, that's not a bad list, though. And, I, I mean, Stroud, too. I mean, Mar what about Marvin Harrison? <laughs> like, it, the, the guy that I'm like, this guy is ridiculous when I watch Ohio State every week. It's Harrison one week. Ibuka one week haven't even seen Jackson because they've got to be able to rest him the one week Mayan Williams looked like Keith Byers I mean they just like Julian I said Fleming uh Fleming, Fleming, Henderson Fleming. yeah they, they've got one every they've got the best collection of guys for those that play fantasy football you'll be playing them in your fantasy football lineup in a few years Bill do you agree with me though Ohio State is much better defensively than it was a year ago I mean you can see it just the way the confidence they're playing with doesn't mean they're always going to shut down everybody, but it's a different defense. And then offensively, they led the nation in total offense last year and in scoring. This offensive line is better than last year's offensive line. I mean, I mean, I keep telling people this that I was saying this before the season started. CJ Stroud might have lesser stats, just total stats throwing the ball than he did a year ago and is a is going to be a better quarterback because he's running this machine now you can see him recognizing stuff etc uh, do you agree with those statements I just made yeah no he's been more efficient he, yeah. he's accurate he's made some throws I was talking to Tim Tebow about this I think around week four and he was telling me there was a throw he made against Toledo that he doesn't understand how he did it, you know, putting it over a, a, a safety and dropping it in the bucket. They practiced and, that though. They yeah. practiced that throw. It's nuts, but go you ahead. know which one I'm talking about. Yes. Too. Yeah. It just, the one it, where he just it's like a sinker it ball. It goes right over and then it drops in. Yeah. He like feathered one in there. And I mean, he's, he's playing out of great, great football. And and the defense again, like whenever, if Michigan beats Michigan state, which you just never know. Yeah. Um, Penn and Ohio State goes to Penn State and wins. I think we can start talking about that game. And, and you can, I know there's a long way to that. And, and neither coaching staff is going to want to hear any of it. But the big question, like we were saying at the top, is to me, Ohio State got better in the areas that cost them against Michigan last year. They got yes. better up front on offense. They they fit against the run better. I think Michigan got better in some I think Michigan is still, I think their offensive line is better. I think their running game is about the same. I don't know that their receivers are much better. I do think they got better. Here's where I think they got better. Quarterback, offensive line, and and, a, and defense is still good. It's not like – it's not – there's not an Aiden Hutchinson out there, but they're solid, and, yeah. and they're a year into that scheme. So they're going to be good too. So I think yeah. that just raises the stakes of 
that game, how fun it can be. Um, JJ McCarthy's pretty good, but they don't, they don't let him loose yet. They haven't, you know what I mean? Like yeah, well, everybody, keeps, yeah. everybody keeps saying he's going to have to go win them a game. And that's true. But right now they're not really taking a lot of shots down the field with him. They didn't have to yesterday. I wouldn't have done it either. I was just yeah. said, if you're going to let us have the middle, we're going to do that all day. It reminded me, it reminded me of uh, bulldozers going out and there's trees in the lot next door to you. And at the end of the day, there are no trees there. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, they had a little bit of difficulty in that game, self-inflicted difficulty. Uh, but then there was never a doubt that who was dominating that game. I'm talking about against uh, Penn State. I think you agree, right? Yeah, and, and that's that was the statement they made. I mean, Jim Harbaugh's best teams average over 200 yards rushing. He yeah. likes it that way. He doesn't yeah. – I mean, it was weird, though. They were, lose, they were on the verge of losing at halftime. Yeah. And they had run 50 offensive plays. So yeah. – you know, that's why I think there's a little bit, whereas Ohio State, there's no, when I watch their offense, there's no holding back. They're they're aggressive, they're pedal. If it's third and three, he's comfortable throwing a go like he did to Harrison in the uh, Michigan State game. Um, they, they're very, and, and, and the contrast in styles makes the game fun. I mean, yeah, honestly, absolutely. that game... I hate to like set because you you jinx it whenever you do, but I'm yeah. I mean the build up to that's going to be pretty pretty substantial given what happened last year. Yeah. Hey, last last question for you, and let, let's go back to our original premise. Who number one? Who plays? Just give, give me the two teams. You know, and you don't have to name fifty. Who plays for the Big Ten championship? If I was halfway through the year, go ahead. Oh, can they bring the Illibuck Trophy? Because uh, I, I would put Ohio State versus Illinois. It's got to be. I mean, even in postseason, it's got to be up for grabs, right? Yeah, like got all they, those hands, got all those feet to grab. Go ahead. Now. Uh, got, there's your next story. This Ohio week. State, Illinois. Okay, for, for the, SEC, the turtle. Who plays for the ACC championship? Clemson and North Carolina. Okay, who plays for the uh, uh, SEC championship? Southeastern Conference. Can we do that one last. Yeah, like I, let, let, I'm gonna pass like they do on family. Yeah, team. exactly. Let's do that I one. Come back to that one if we, if we have enough time. That's yeah. what the, uh, who plays for the Big Twelve championship? TCU and Oklahoma State again. I'm gonna say TCU and Texas. Oh wow! Okay. I'm gonna say Texas. Texas beats them, and then they have a rematch. Oklahoma, if not Oklahoma State, because they've taken care of their business. And the other one. Uh, USC, or excuse me, USC. That was a Freudian. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, no offense. And I hope this, I don't care if it bothers somebody. I was kind of glad to see USC get their comeuppance because that was almost, uh, it, as this went along, it was like watching a school figure out a way to almost buy a championship with the way they conducted business from no, late November on going in and getting Lincoln Riley and getting his quarterback and getting the best receiver, uh, you know, the blood right. the award winner from last year, all coming in. And in the end, their offense couldn't get it done finally against Utah, but okay. Who plays for the, uh, I just want to get that in there. Yeah. Who plays for the gaming Pac system. What? U yeah. USC and Oregon. USC and Oregon. So you Oregon had law Oregon. It's weird. They, they, yeah, I'm with they you. I hear you. They don't have a, a Pac-12 loss yet. And yeah. they've, I, I was sitting in the box when they got hammered by Georgia yeah. and thought their season's dead. So credit Dan Lanning for getting them. And then SEC, Tim. Yeah. Alabama. Alabama and Georgia. I'm just going to be safe. Like that's like taking the 
10 yard out when I want to say, I want to do what you said earlier. I want to do Tennessee Ole Miss, but I'm going to throw a check down and say uh, Alabama, Georgia. I like Josh Heupel's offense right now. I think they can score on anybody. I like Tennessee to hold sway over Georgia. And I really do like that to almost, uh, are you kidding me? Back in August, Tennessee versus Ole Miss for the for the SEC championship because Ole Miss can throw the ball also, man. And that's Alabama's Achilles. I'm telling you, uh, you still got to make plays. But uh, mm-hmm. Bill Bender from the Sporting News, man, is it TSN.com? How do you what, – what's your yeah. – uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's bill.bender at tsn.com. And I'm going to, you know, I, we made a joke before I came on. That is my high school helmet up there. That's not Bloom Carroll. That's Fisher yeah. Catholic. Yeah. Um, proud Fisher Catholic alum, proud Central Ohio kid. And, uh, you know, they, we are getting up on high school playoff time in Central Ohio. It's always one of my favorite times of the year because, yeah. you know, you look back at those days and I, I that that would explain my bad picks so I tell people is I wore that helmet so that's why I make bad picks I got hit yeah. on that helmet a few times that was back when helmets weighed well no you're not <laughs> as old as me back back when I was growing up helmets weighed like four or five pounds it seemed like and they were about as protective as uh you know right. a band-aid you know what I mean <laughs> and now they're much lighter and whatever and they're much more right. protective but yeah it does it does it does explain a lot of your amusing sometimes uh <laughs> they get hit in the head too many times syndrome Hey, Bill Bender, man, you know, it's always a pleasure to have you on the Tim May Podcast. Thanks for joining me, my man. Hey, you're the best, Tim. I appreciate you. Take care. And we'll see you again next week, ladies and gentlemen. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.